The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my co-captain, James Michael Dietz. Hey, I'm feeling especially spacious this evening. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, this installment of Old Space Show follows our continued episode-by-episode travelogue through the first season, that's season one of Space 1999, that's the year before Space 2000, where the moon is knocked out of orbit, wandering through the far reaches of space, the population of its human-built colony, hoping to stumble upon a new home. Tale as old as time. Song as old as... The Last Enemy, which is the episode we're talking about today. This episode. Space Vixens. This episode. Alpha, Delta, Beta. This episode. Mavic Chen. This episode. Ceasefire. This episode. One does not behave nicely in the time of war. As a reminder, uh, we are going through the episodes in the fan-preferred production order, not broadcast order, as found on streaming services. Jim, I was doing a little more playing around. There are like four different orders for this show that are... Oh, really? Yeah, there's like this order. There's... The airing order when they aired on TV, and then two other people that have some order that are listed on like sites and stuff. Like, this is the so and so person's order, and this is the something something person's order. So, there are four different ones for this show. Learning as I go, like I said, fresh (laughs) as we were. They're way more into the continuity than I am if they're trying to piece that together. Right. Mm -hmm. The only thing I think should happen is, as far as I'm concerned, is Beardo leaving early. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's about... No, no great loss there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and I'm definitely liking the way we've been watching them ramp up. Because there's been, uh, you know, we'll get in this episode, and but after the halfway point, there's been a clear change in this show. Not just production design, stuff like that, just the, the ideology... And it's it's been less hunting after 2001 A Space Odyssey and kind of wanting to be its own. Yeah, it's kind of growing into its own identity, but it has these certain hallmarks. I'm sure we'll talk about some in this right. episode. You know, like the really uh, uninspiring speeches by Koenig or, yes. you know, when Victor scratches the back of his head and he makes some, up some weird scientific crap or, you know, it's like getting into its own rhythm, as you said. Right. In The Last Enemy, the Alphans find themselves caught up in a long-running war between two rival planets, Betha and Delta. And when a Bethan gunship, which has landed on the moon as a tactical advantage, appears to have been hit, its commander, Dion, seeks sanctuary 
with the Alphans. Koenig attempts to negotiate a truce, but Dion has other ideas. Oh my. And this one's written direct, written and directed by Bob Collette. So now he, this is interesting. He took about a personal Bob. liking. Yeah, I was gonna say, Bob uh, Bob Kellett's weird because except for this, and like another episode uh, of television for Seagull Island, most <laughs> of what he did were were British ribald sex comedies. Oh, like Our Miss Fred, <laughs> uh, the, the the Up series, Up Pompeii, Up the Chastity Belt, Up the Front, right? Uh, uh, Fuddock's End. Uh, mm-hmm. He also did the Are You Being Served movie. Oh yeah, that's right. So, we talked about that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, it, yes, I like some of these titles. Armis Fred, All You Want Is You and You and You. And my favorite of his movies titles, Don't Just Lay There, Say Something. <laughs> so, um, and he, he brings a little of the, uh, the showgirl razzle dazzle along here because, uh, Right. These are we we get attacked by space vixens this episode. Right. Our, our guest stars this episode kind of loaded. We got Carolyn Mortimer, Maxine Audrey, Kevin Stoney, Carolyn Courage, and well, mainly I'm here. Kevin Stoney, who is a notable guest star in the Doctor Who lore because he played Mavic Chen in the Dalek Master Plan, one of the the longest. Uh, serials they ever did. It was 12 parts and he was the main villain in that. He played Tobias Vaughn in The Invasion, which is one of the top Cybermen stories. Like, if you've ever seen the Cybermen storming in black and white streaks in New York, or not New York, <laughs> uh, London, that's what that one's from. And then he also uh, came back for another Cybermen story in the Tom Baker era, uh, t- playing Tyrum in Revenge of the Cybermen. Not a great Cyberman story, but it's all right. And then, was, oh, I'm sorry. Is that the guy who kind of looks like a lumpy Jose Ferrer with his eyes closed? Yep, yep. He's like, ah, yeah. okay, okay. He, that's he what was, I thought. He was a real. He played two great villains in Doctor Who. Two completely different characters. Felt like different people. Uh, he was also on Blake Seven, and he was on that long-running show Bergerac for the BBC. And he's just got. If you look at him, one of the most massive decorated careers in British television. Just all over the place. <laughs> it's awesome uh, yeah and uh, so i saw him in this and then when i saw him with his little like you know half eye closed thing like his lips all pouty i was like yeah there he is <laughs> giving barking at like awful orders oh it's great i saw so, him it looked like somebody had worked over jose ferrer with a lead pipe he was all pretty much, yeah. yeah yeah definitely it was cool um i'd, I'd like to mention uh uh suzanne rockette mm-hmm. uh yes. who was in uh vengeance of fu manchu oh, which yeah. was the the sequel to the MST Fu Manchu movie, uh, the name of which is Casey right now, uh, with Christopher the Lee. The Island of Fu Manchu, right? Yes, right. The one with Christopher Lee is Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu. Oh, my God. So imagine <laughs> how bad, the, as bad as that one was, imagine oh. how bad the sequel must have been. They made so <laughs> many of those, and I just, I've seen like three of them, and they are just hard for me to sit through. And They're I love really Christopher Lee. It's not enough. The Curse of Fu Manchu is like one of the few Mystery Science Theater episodes I have trouble getting through. Yeah, it's so. a toughie. It's a toughie. Uh, yeah. uh, this episode, The Last Enemy, was the final episode in the broadcast of the season. So I'm just thinking somebody who got the the tapes or the, the film reels when they got them, uh, they saw the word last and just put it there. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I mean, there is a lot of action in this episode, a lot of explosions, a lot of space and special effects. Right. So 
more so than some of the other episodes. True. Maybe that that one might be why it was in the season two. Plus, I mean, as we mentioned, space vixens, they're wearing black pantsuits, low cut yes. with, with um with kerchiefs and headbands. Oh yeah. And and, and bell bottom sleeves and pants. It's just these girls are astounding. hot. And they, <laughs> And they're, but the funny part is their commander is wearing a white evening gown, right? A white backless evening gown. I'm just like, oh, sure, right? That's how, that's how you denote rank in this army because they're a war, you know. They'll tell you a few times in this episode. Oh, yeah. We, oh, my we god, all about <laughs> the war. I can't be nice in a war. Yeah. And those, those ladies are from a planet called Betha, which there's two planets that are here, Betha and Delta, and then the crew of uh, alpha comes floating by in between winds up in between them and and russell they're both inhabitable and Ru- russell she's like be nice to have a choice wouldn't it oh, yeah oh, whatever okay i like the part at the yeah. beginning though where like the the beeson is like appearing on screen to uh mm-hmm. to dion it's like okay we're gonna strike first before the moon gets any closer and she smiles. It's like, yes, my suzerain. <laughs> All this stuff. And their ship, the, the the deck of their ship is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's and I love, like, there were some oh. cool, uh, like, prog rock cover exterior paintings in this. Too, yes, the there beginning. were. Yeah, there were, totally. Yeah. Their ship. The Cetasius? Or... Oh, yeah, the Cetasius. Or Silasius. I'm sorry. <laughs> it has a giant light bright, like a giant round light bright uh, in, you mm-hmm. know, as a background. And then a bunch of like um, a punch card computers all in a row, like in a semicircle. And it was all bright white. Right. <laughs> it was just amazing to me. I'm just like, wow, how could you even? I mean, I don't know. It was just, it, it, it raised a lot of questions to me. But the, uh, <laughs> the art direction on this show, I always, mwah, Oh, yeah. Say. Love it. I love 70s it. 70s art direction is the best on the Does show not have sure. to make sense at all. I just like to look at it. That's all that matters. And like, they're, they're, they also have like a conversation pit on their, their ship at one point. There's like a couch and stuff. And yeah. like, I'm just like, wow, their ship's like made by IKEA. This is awesome. It's <laughs> right. all decorated and everything. It's great. It's a comfy ship. My yeah. God. I mean, you don't have to be uncomfortable and still be in a bad that back battleship. in outer space. Yeah. Yeah. They, they like fly out and we all like, oh, they're going to attack Alpha. <laughs> Alpha thinks they're going to attack Alpha. They're not responding to communications from Alpha. The funny thing is, this is tensions mounting up, and Koenig's like, "Go out!" He's like, sends eagles out toward the toward the ship, and Bergman's Ber- Ber- like, "This isn't really your style, John. Shoot first, ask questions afterwards." So obviously, Bergman didn't remember the stuff from War Games. Right, wound up like getting a few done. episodes so we ago. answered a question. It was the last episode. It was the last one. And something I wanted to mention, I know we brought it up several times on this whole series, but I believe that this episode, they looked out the windows the most. Oh, yeah. Well, they had to. There was stuff out everywhere on and the that, planet. Right. Like, everything was going on moon. with the models. Everything was going on with the models and the yes. special effects outside. So, like, every time something happened, and Koenig even had that weird, those weird binoculars that looked like he was yeah. looking through a sandwich or something, <laughs> like an ice cream sandwich. And like I really think though, this episode gets the award for looking out the window the most. It I might. really do. I, you know what? I, I would I mean, have there, to agree. There may be one coming up that you know that we haven't seen yet. I'm not going to, you know, but of the ones the, we've seen so the far, tier, they have moved up. The this is definitely the window, the most window looking. Yeah. So everything on the shit on the Alpha goes offline, losing power. The Eagles can't take off, and uh, Cetasius like 
hovers Alpha and people freak out and Zion engages a missile launch, but they're not firing at Alpha, they're firing at Delta. And a battle ensues over Alpha with missiles being fired in retaliation from Delta to the Cetaceous. So like Oh, I forgot crazy. my notes. They also in the in the Cetaceous, they have like dryers on the wall. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they're these weird circuit they look like dryers in a laundromat. It's really weird. But I love the the camera shakes when the uh the the rockets the missiles go off. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. like straight out of Star Trek. That was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the thing that got me about it, like for the whole first, until they talked to the people from the planet, they referred to it as the left-hand planet and the right-hand planet. Right. You can't. Don't planets revolve around? Because it wouldn't really be. And if you look at from one side, like. (laughs) I'm no physicist, okay, Brandon? You know, I'm. I'm no astrophysicist. You've heard of I, you've heard of flat earthers. <laughs> Meet the flat galaxiers. I just I kept saying, "Well, the left hand planet is blue, and the right hand planet is." I'm like, but in like 20 minutes, they're going to be. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like uh, the the Dion takes a pod and seeks to land in Alpha, and they let her in, and she shows up dressed as like a biker from Game of Death. Right. black leather body black leather body suit motorcycle helmet with the stripes down the side like all those gang members that yep oh gosh she's got the straight up motorcycle helmet they're they're not hiding that here's here's the the moment that really got me in this whole scene though that I, i really need to call out i mentioned in my notes when she takes off her helmet and they realize that she's a woman yeah they all look at helena did you notice that? No, I didn't. They like like Koenig and Victor. They all look at Helena when they, she takes off her. They all like it's one like, of your own. Like, didn't you see her at the meeting? <laughs> so it's one of your kind. I'm like, damn, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. So, so Diona is uh, demanding sanctuary, and Koenig gives her a, like a shit attitude, like denying her, and he wants no part of their war. Dion insists it's too yeah. late now. They need her help, and he goes, if they don't help her planet, Betha will destroy Moonbase Alpha. But it's like, he, the way you're, you're right there, he's like a total dick to her, but he's like, he's at first he's like, get her out of here. And they start to take her away. She's like, wait. And he goes, I don't want to hear it. Get her out of here. And she's like, no, 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 wait. And then she says something else, and he's like, no, get her out of here. And he like, does it like three times before she like gets out of the exposition. Go. Yes, no, yes, no. no. Get her out of here. Okay, get, fine. Oh. There's a scene with Alan. After the ship is blo- the the basin ship is blown up, right? Oh, and mm-hmm. by the way, Alpha, Delta, Beta, real imaginative yeah. guys. Wow. Thanks. Yeah, a lot of brain power in those names there, right? Well, at least they hide it with Betha. Whatever. <laughs> but like, Alan doesn't trust the dead ship. No. Like when it blew, oh, that went up too easy for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. He is so entertaining every episode. Every is like, I want to punch it or I want to fly at it and blow oh, it okay. up. <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, I don't trust that dead ship out there. So the ship from the other planet lands, be the fires back. In my notes here, it says, yeah. the Delta ship looks like Crow T robot from MST after a Oh car my crash. gosh, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's like flattened out Crow T robot. And how about those little friendly missiles that get shot in oh this my episode? Goodness. They're so cute. They're like, they oh, are. Look at like, oh, look at this. I, I thought it was like, a, it looked like the Estes rockets from yeah, when we were kids. Like, it's the so most cool. pleasant looking like destroyers of 
things. They're like so, little Christmas rockets, you know? Yeah, shit starts just shaking and exploding in Alpha. And there's a part where, like, Dion falls over Koenig, and it's, like, supposed to right. spark some chemistry, and she starts trying to put a schmooze on him to get him to evacuate the Alphans to her planet, which <laughs> you can see Russell's jealous. Like, Yeah, man, oh, totally. Man, she he is never gonna let that Christopher Lee stuff go. Like Koenig, Koenig, I'll tell you what though, Koenig is not is no Captain Kirk, man. No, <laughs> he's not as anywhere smooth. No, uh, with 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 uh, Dion at all. I don't it's, think he realizes women are hitting on him when they do. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Why would they hit on a guy like me? I'm asking the same thing, dude. I'm asking the same thing. Betha gets a direct hit and destroys the Delta gunship. And then there's a meeting room and Koenig pleads with Dion for uh, negotiating a ceasefire here. So this episode, uh, to me, I felt it might be the best Landau has done at being a confident, strong leader. This might be the one where I'm like, okay, he kind of works. Every episode I try to pull out a line that I especially like. And in this episode, the line I pulled out was, one does not behave nicely in time of war. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, you don't. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's so true. So as I mentioned earlier, Talos' leader, when he's yep, trying to negotiate. They dial him up. And face he looks him. like a lumpy Jose Ferrer. Mm-hmm. And then the basin leader is like Nancy Reagan in a disco. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, because it's like there's like a shower curtain behind her with disco lights. And she looks <laughs> like Nancy Reagan. It's pretty good. It's pretty great. And yeah. they go on. They go on a party line call, <laughs> and yeah, so, Koenig works out a ceasefire. So there's a ceasefire going on. They're calling people, and it's like the, the guy Kevin Stoney, Talos is like, "Hey, uh, we'll do it, but we get to keep a ship on the moon." And they're like, "No, no, you don't." And somehow it works out, and they agree to this ceasefire. And Dion's going to stay the night in Sandra's room. But uh, Conan lets peeps know that she has no access throughout the entire ship. Like, no oatmeal for breakfast in the morning. (laughs) No Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi. Nothing. Nothing. So, uh, and she she realizes it, though. She's no dummy. Like, she does the guards beat station. So she just, like, teleports out. (laughs) But but she does it by, she puts, like, her fingers to her temples. Yeah. And then she concentrates, and then she disappears. Right. Yeah, she goes and, back. And instead of teleporting to her ship, she teleports to her escape pod. Right, her escape pod to her, a pod. Her ship's like right ship. over there. Why didn't she? Oh, never mind. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, those pods cost money, man. She couldn't leave it. Mm. Either so, deposit back. I get it. Yeah, mm. so basically she played into the ceasefire like, hey, now we attack them because they have no idea and their guard is right. down. And it turns so, out her ship is totally fine. Right. And all our other space fixes are totally cool, especially the tall red-headed one that I liked. And everything was fine. They're ready to go. They're ready to go to war. Mm-hmm. And Koenig calls her. He is pissed off. And Jim, guess what I wrote down in my notes? Oh, well, what? One does not behave nicely in times of war. Ah! <laughs> I, too. I, too, wrote down that line. I wrote that line down, too. Oh, great minds think alike. Excellent. It's true, though. You don't. Yeah. So the Tazius fires. Koenig calls to warn and plead with Telos, saying he will destroy. And Telos is like, "I'm destroying Alpha." <laughs> like, like, dude, we did. We don't want to be here. <laughs> like, just leave us alone. It's too much trouble. He asked for coordinates of Cetasius, but Koenig's like, "Nope, we stay neutral." And he's like, "Okay, we'll bombard your base at intervals." Dion's listening in. 
and says uh, she feel she'll dest- she'll th- destroy Alpha. If she feels threatened. So it's like screwed the whole way. The plan Alpha- though, get to the plan part because this is right. great. So when Alpha starts getting attacked and blowed up. Cody says he's coming out to Dione, and he's like, I'm coming out. He's trying to act intense, and so right. he goes, I'm coming out there on my moon buggy, unarmed, alone, like as if moon buggy's a tough guy word. It just, right, it just right. immediately when he said moon buggy, it was like, Phew. my buggy. Yeah. So she accuses him of trying to desert his crew, and then he's like, oh, oh, and he freaks out, and he grabs his blaster, and is like, don't try to stop me. And then Bergen, Bergman cuts off his communica- the communications, which turns off the camera, and they stand right. down. And he's like, all right, uh, I need to make that look convincing. Uh, right. I gotta, I, and all he says is like, <laughs> I got a plan. And then they turn it back on, and he's like, I'm coming out. But she's like, no, I don't want you coming aboard. And the, the we see the moon buggy with um, an action Let's figure see, for in this, it. For this plan to work... <laughs> The whole seduction thing from before, she would have had to have been in Dukonig enough to invite him to Beta with her, right? Right, right, right. So that without that leg of the plan, it really I didn't understand at all what why this plan mm. worked at all. And second of all, you're absolutely right. I really want that moon buggy and uh, and a space nineteen ninety nine suit action figure. Right. It's it was like it was darling. It was like oh what's look. funny is it's like ah. Uh, but when you realize what's happening, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's not that bad then. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right. like, there's this whole, like, let me in, no, let me in, no, let me in, no. And then as it's getting closer, the helmet falls off, and we see it's just a suit. Full and of bombs. Full of bombs. <laughs> and and he goes, Cody's like, goodbye, Dion. And the buggy blows up Cetasius, and they're contact, like, Telos, and he's like, all right, I'll destroy my missiles that were, like, en route to the moon, like the slowest ass missiles, and I'm like, okay, so you wouldn't give up the coordinates and blow it. But you blow it up yourself. I kill them myself. I did it myself. Yeah. And, and like I said, the whole like without the whole like seduction part of it, there's no reason for Dion not to have like blown up the thing before it got to her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason for her, uh, him to like, oh, I'm coming with you, and I'm gonna mutiny against my whole moon base alpha just to be with you, baby. Like that was not in like developed in the script at all. So like, yeah, when this part came around, I was just like, huh? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and then they at the end they're they're all sitting around and they're like, Bergman's like, what a waste, total waste. Still, perhaps good will come of it. Maybe now they'll learn to live together. What? And, and, and John's like, <laughs> and uh, Helena's like, we survived, John. He goes, yes, Helena, but think of the cost. And as they depart, like. John sits and ponders what life on Betho would have been like, and Helena's like, she'd rather take her chances wandering through space than be in a permanent state of war. And he was free- thinking about he was thinking about Dion. That's what. He was yeah, thinking. what they freeze frame is Cody caresses Helena's face. Yeah, somebody dump a bucket of ice water on me because I am steaming hot. <laughs> Woo! Dang! <laughs> oh, the white hot indifference, <laughs> man. <laughs> Almost hot. It's almost hot enough to heat up a hot pocket. Can't watch these episodes back to back. I would lose it. Ooh, gosh. Yeah, this was a different thing than they've done before. A good, decent number of guest casts. Like it was like not deep enough to be like a social commentary outside outside of war bad. You know, two sides need to get along. 
Maybe they could learn to live together someday. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Victor. <laughs> That's why right. you're the genius. Thanks, mm. buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it was funny to have this one right after War Games, like you said. And uh, it was I I enjoyed it. It was it was different. I thought it was going to be a bit starts out a bit more a bit more of a camp fest than it turns out to be, but it's right. it's a it's it's a solid one in my book. It was all right. It was all right. Yeah. So I'm gonna go outside and look for space fixings tonight. Though. Heck yeah. Get myself a costume like that. Yeah. That'll do it for another moon buggy adventure. Moon buggy, like all hard asses say. Hey, uh, stop being <laughs> such a hard ass. Okay? I know. <laughs> Till next time, Jim. Uh, what's happening? That's not space nineteen ninety nine for you. Well, I'm over at the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. Every week we have Nothings On. It's a, a weekly look at, at TV and movie and entertainment news with uh, Donnie Salvo and Daryl Taylor and myself. Uh, we have a new episode of the Players Club coming out covering Cyberpunk 2077. Biggest game of the year. We're going to tell you all about it. We've been playing it. We'll tell you what we thought of Keanu. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the Walking Dead TV podcast. We just did our uh, 300th episode live on Twitch. And we are shut down until February, but catch us back when the show comes back then Boom. at HHWLED.com. 300. Whew. Yeah, big deal. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find my written work at Wisebloo.com on, on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. There's more from the Brandon Peters Show this week, but from Old Space. This is Alpha Out. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at thebrandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at thebrandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. 